0: Hello and welcome to the Life Together podcast, where we share a meaningful conversation about living for Christ and loving one another. Thanks for joining today, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hey everyone, I'm here today with Clint Stinson, and Clint is, uh, he recently graduated from high school, he's about to head down to FC, actually today. Uh, we're here recording this uh, around seven fifteen and your estimated time of departure is what time? Sometime soon. Sometime uh, soon. Yeah, probably around nine. I hope so. So like so so, so we gotta we, we got a um a short time span to get yeah. this conversation in, but it's something that we've been talking about for a while. When we actually first started setting up for this podcast, this kind of setting here in my office. Clint saw it, and I think you were jokingly like, when are you going to have me on? Yeah. Right? Something like that. Yeah. And then I was like, well, now you now you have to do <laughs> one. Um, but you had a really good idea, I thought, for it. And um, maybe you just want to tell a little bit about the idea, and then we'll kind of circle back around to it. But what was kind of the idea that you had for what this conversation could could be all about?
1: Yeah. So um, I really kind of wanted to just talk about um, identity and purpose. And I feel like that's something huge today that people are struggling with, especially my age. I definitely struggled with it a lot with um, going, like growing up in high school. I definitely kind of battled with like, you know, what is my identity? What's my purpose? So that's basically yeah. what, what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's such a relevant issue for today for all kinds of
0: reasons. Um, but if that's something that's on your heart and your mind as a listener, then we're excited to get to that uh, here in a moment. But Clint, okay, so you've been, you've been at Lost River your whole life, right? Yep. So uh, what's your earliest... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what, what's just... I don't know. What's it been like growing up here at Lost River? And what's it like now, here you are an hour away or so from, from leaving... Hopefully not forever. You got it you and, and all the other seniors, y'all have to come back. Um but I don't know, what's 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 that been like and what it's what what is it like now realizing, all right, I'm about to head down to Tampa and kinda of start this new chapter of my life.
1: Yeah. Um, it doesn't really feel real at all. Like I don't know, it just seems like I'm not even leaving, but I actually am in like two hours. So yeah. that's pretty crazy. But um now like definitely just growing up here has been unbelievable couldn't ask for a better place to grow up and like i've been blessed like like just so greatly and i don't deserve it and it's just it's been truly amazing being here for sure yeah Yeah. well
0: it's like it's so cool to see you become like this leader among the high school group and all the seniors this year i felt have really been that way and um seeing the ways that y'all have like reached out to the younger kids and not only made them feel like they belong but actually like be a friend to them and to have them as as your friends that's just been really special to see and i guess that leads to to like one one question um when you think about this group of of kids that you're leaving behind that sounds so dramatic <laughs> But when you think about, when you think about leaving, you know, leaving this group behind for now, for the time being, what's, I don't know, what's on your heart to to say to them? I'm sure you've had some one-on-one conversations with people, but what's something that you want to leave them with as now they kind of, I guess, in some real sense, kind of feel the
1: void that's left by you guys? yeah they're either sad or rejoicing that we're leaving (laughs) i don't know um i guess one thing i would tell them is just yeah i guess just like definitely just seek discomfort like Hmm. definitely try to you know i know everybody says like get out of your comfort zone and all that but like really like push yourself to things you you know things that scare you because you know it helps you grow um whatever like you're not good at it try to you know get better at that and um Another thing is just, you know, seek out the Lord. Like, that's something I didn't do in high school as much as I should have. Like, um, seeking out the Lord is, you know, the best thing you can do. And um, definitely leaning on one another and just trying to build each other up every day, for sure. And, not, you know, focusing so much on self.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's a great message, not just for high school and middle school, but for for all of us. Um it's so easy to become complacent, to get in that comfort zone, to yeah. feel, you know. I don't know. I always think about the story of Peter, which I know I know you—we we just recently talked about the episode in The Chosen where Peter walks on the water, but just that idea of stepping out of the boat, um, getting out of our comfort zone, doing difficult things while pursuing Christ, um, and I've definitely seen you you do that here. And so that's awesome, and I hope that hope that God continues to work through you in that way uh, down at down at FC. Um, but let's let's talk about uh, identity and purpose right now in our world. You'll hear a lot of people talk about the meaning crisis, the meaning crisis, and there is a lot of contributing factors to the meaning crisis. Um, but you can you can pick it up in everything from the predominant narratives in songs and movies to the casual conversations that you have with your friends to the things that you hear on the news and what politicians say. This idea of the meaning crisis is kind of all around us, but it seems like maybe the demographic that it affects the most would be teens, young people, um, f- everywhere from you know middle school up and through young adulthood, this meaning crisis has has really I think suffocated a lot of young people. and And that all ties in with this idea of identity of purpose. Who am I, and what am I supposed to be doing? So, where for you did this idea kind of originate from? Um, was it conversations with friends was it just something that just kind of came to you um where did this idea kind of originate from and and why is it something that you feels really on your heart
1: yeah um it definitely probably uh, one of the things is cuz it's always been a problem with me for sure that I've noticed in myself and um also just hearing it in bible classes like you know different teachers you know talking about you know meaning and purpose and it always just struck me as something I really wanted to dive into and kind of figure out and why everyone is um, kind of struggling with this nowadays, yeah. or especially, you know, teenagers for sure. Yeah.
0: So when thinking about this, I, I feel like maybe there's two ways of seeing it. There's kind of the, the formation of the world, right? Everybody has some way of forming an identity and in, in, in creating a purpose or discovering a purpose. And there's the formation of the world, and there's the formation of the word, maybe we could say. And what would you say, from your experience, is kind of the formation of the world? Like, what do you think the world is is telling us about, hey, this is who you are, and this is what you're supposed to be doing with your life? What do you think is kind of that approach? Yeah, um...
1: I don't really know the best answer for this, but I would definitely just say like the best approach is self is, is what the world is saying. Like it's all self. Like, you know, it's, you know, better yourself in every way that you can, whether that's your money, your career, um, whatever you're into, you know, you you better yourself. You have to get better than the next person. And it's all about, you know, I think a big part of it is social media. And, um, really just kind of, um, I don't know, you know, just making everyone focus on themselves and not really looking outward. Yeah, I think I think it's a great point. Um, it, it's it's it seems like
0: the the formation of the world is about an an identity that you discover within. So you look deep within yourself, you search your heart, you search your desires, and you emerge from that inner self to then project. That identity to the world, and sometimes, like you said, that manifests itself in pride. Uh, you know, in my maybe my appearances. Um, other times, maybe that manifests itself in sort of the opposite, in this sort of self-deprecation, where I search inward and I, I, I'm, I don't see anything of great value and. It becomes this sort of self-deprecating thing, but either way, it's still that inward focus. Um, and uh, I think I think a, a character that comes to mind f- for me when I think about all of this is Solomon. You know, yeah. s- You know, he's he's the. I mean, he he asks God for wisdom. That's what he's granted, but with that, he's granted all these other. Things, um, and he, Ecclesiastes is is really tackling the meaning crisis. It's it's he tries all these different things that relate to who he thinks he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do. Um, he tries to uh, seek pleasure, and then wisdom and intellect, um, power and prestige. He just tries everything. And by the end of it, do you remember, like, the word that he just says over and over and over again?
1: Vanity of vanities, or everything is meaningless. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's just all vanity. And the word vanity is kind of interesting. It's not—a um, lot of versions translate it meaningless, but really the word vanity is, is wind or breath or vapor. Um, he even says that— um, it's all vanity and he says like striving after the wind this idea that when you when you live life under the sun which is another common thing he says under the sun when you live life for only what's under the sun you're just grasping at vapor and mm-hmm. it's just it slips through your hands and so and so it kind of it kind of hits on two purposes first of all grasping after the af, after vapor is is pointless it is meaningless but it's also really hard to do, and it's really frustrating. And so this describes the human experience of life lived for nothing but what's under the sun. It's, it's frustrating. You can't grab a hold of it. When you try to squeeze meaning out of relationships or out of uh, your appearances or out of wealth or prestige or whatever, it, it just slips through your hands, and it's disappointing and frustrating. You can't do it. And then ultimately, just like striving after the wind, it's it's pointless. It's meaningless, yeah. and it's leads to this overwhelming,
1: I think, despair. It's just like he had literally everything you could think of, um, you know, any any type of uh, happiness or pleasure he had, um, anything that was on this earth, and it it's just kind of crazy to me, you know, like he he was the wisest person um, on earth. And then he, you know, chose to try to seek out all these pleasures and it left him with nothing. Like it gave him, uh, no sense of pure, like happiness and happiness that actually stayed. Um, and it's just a, such a reflection on our lives for sure. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and just to,
0: to make this very, I guess, real from the, like, Atheist, secular perspective. Here's what uh, one author, Stephen J. Gold, uh, says about this. He says, We are here because one odd group of fishes had a peculiar fin anatomy that could transform into legs for terrestrial creatures because comets struck the earth and wiped out dinosaurs, thereby giving mammals a chance not otherwise available. We may yearn for a higher answer, but none exists. This explanation, though superficially troubling, if not terrifying, is ultimately liberating and exhilarating, he says. We cannot read the meaning of life passively in the facts of nature. We must, and this is the key, we must construct these answers for ourselves. So this this is... In some ways, what I would consider to be like the gospel of our culture, where, you know, it, it's it's like he says, um, right? This this is life under the sun. We've just evolved through the this uh, randomized process. We got very fortunate, very lucky for for mammals to rise to the top. And upon realizing this, we might initially think, well, now there's no meaning if this is all that there is, but the secular answer is, well, now you have the freedom to create that identity, to create that meaning, and discover that purpose for yourself. So this is, and and if and I say kind of the gospel of our culture because you can hear it everywhere. Um, I think I've said this several times before in sermons and things like that. But uh, the best quote for this is the, you know, the the. The great uh, and uh, noble—I'm trying to come up with more superlative titles for this person. Elsa from the movie Frozen. She says in that song, "No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free." Like this is—that's the gospel anthem of our culture. This is the good news that we're being fed, and I
1: think you see that manifest itself in a bunch of different ways among among young people. Definitely, with um, just like. Identity and purpose. It's kind of like uh, identity is just a sense of self and a sense of worth, and it's what makes you significant and confident of your value. And um, mm-hmm. when you like try to find that in your own way and not receive it from God, it leaves you empty. And like you seek after just um, empty wells, and mm-hmm. so like you're you're constantly throwing yourself either it's in your into your career or um, say like it's sports you play. And you're putting your entire value into those things, so like um like a big one for me that was like really a problem for sure was I put my all my identity um in basketball, so like when I was in um middle school and early on in high school, like you know we had tryouts, and like I just remember thinking you know if I didn't make the team, like you know why like what am i like what's my purpose you know mm. so like that was so just hard battling with, and like I would get so worried about, you know, you know how am I, how am I doing in basketball, whatever, um, and just like yeah, making that team was like everything to me, and it was just a really kind of a depressing thought that like I put all my identity in this worldly thing. That, I mean, not worldly thing, but like, um, yeah, just thing that's going to leave me empty. So
0: yeah, well, that's such a great point, like because it's not just that we do this with bad things. It's yeah. not just that we form our identity and find our purpose in, in inherently sinful things, yeah. it's it's usually that we turn good things into ultimate things. Yeah, we turn definitely. good things into the thing that we just bet our whole life on in yeah. our whole existence on. And to Solomon's point, anything under the sun is not going to be able to hold the weight of our existence. The only way is if there's something we could say, beyond the sun, beyond space and time and matter that provides meaning to all of this. And ultimately, the conclusion he comes to is fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. But I think the gospel lens through which to see that is the only way to discover meaning to life under the sun is if someone from... It is it is if the god beyond the sun takes on flesh and reveals that to us and yeah. shows us what it means to live so For let's sure. let's pivot that's kind of the 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 world's formation what do you think the bible has to offer in terms of forming an identity and a purpose
1: yeah um well it gives a purpose for everyone it's not just like a specific group of people it's for all people which is really cool and that's you know nothing in the world uh gives you that like where everyone can like have a purpose and identity um yeah and like the word is just firm like it's stable it's never gonna change and you know god is never gonna change so it's like all the things we're you know putting our worth in they're all unstable they can all fall away you know just different things like that, but you know, God is our rock, and He is always gonna stand firm. So that's definitely what I think it helps us with. Like it's just always, yeah, firm. Yeah, wow, that's such a good that's such a good point. So I kind
0: of hear two things in that: one, the 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 inclusivity of it, which is interesting yeah. because most of the time people kind of accuse Christianity of being too exclusive, but really the identity formation of the world is inherently exclusive because it's usually based on more so our differences than what we have in common right even sure. even with something as light as you identifying with basketball yeah. if you place your identity in that well that excludes you from the kid who's interested in whatever else you know yeah, so that's that's really interesting it's it's inherently inclusive compared to the formation of the world because everyone can can find a, a meaningful identity in Christ and who God made them to be. Uh, but then the solidity of it, and this is something I remember you actually talking about at Camp Forge. We had that night around the fire, and it was kind of an opportunity for different guys to speak up and, and share something that's on their heart, and I remember you talking about that, how when when reaching out to the world, it, like people people are feeling so conflicted because when you try to base your identity within yourself and what you feel and what you desire, that's always changing. Like that's never gonna be consistent. It's never going to be solid and you're gonna feel the frustration and the pain and the sorrow of wondering who am I? Because none of those Desires are going to be consistent ac- across time for you, and in this, the the most tragic version of that is, I think, what we're seeing within um, sort of the the LGBT movement, right? Yeah. Where we have now many, many, many cases of of particularly trans people who transition, but then later they're desires have changed again, and they feel the pain and the sorrow, and, and it's so heartbreaking, and we need to be there for those people. We need to show them the love of Christ uh, through that and show them that there is something solid, there is something fixed, but more so than just sort of what we might think of as, you know, one of the most devastating situations to be in. Uh, every every other identity formation um, not just with that movement, but in general, um, is, is that way where, um, it's not solid, it's not fixed. And so that leads to all this frustration, but I love your point that, yeah, with, with God here, like, he's described many times as the rock or as, as everlasting to everlasting or the, I am, um, and if our identity is in Him, then it's fixed. It's stable. So yeah, I really, I really love that. Any
1: other thoughts on on that? Yeah, it's just you know what you said about like you know LGBTQ. Um, it's just it is really really sad and like um, I feel like you know as Christians we don't do it enough. Just reaching out to um, different people like that, and uh, you know it's honestly kind of the same thing. Like like LGBT, Like you know putting your value in. Um, I guess you know searching for, I don't know a gender that you know gives you value or like um, just putting yourself in the LGBTQ community. I guess um, it's just it's the same thing as like me putting in um, all my value and all my worth into a sport. Yeah, like it's not like that's different. Like it's it's the same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, I just I, I really want to reach out more, um, for sure. And it's all just you know you know putting your value into these types of things it's just all chasing after the wind like you know we're never gonna be happy yeah. doing that yeah um, but yeah
0: yeah and there's there's so much more than just sort of the life under the sun you yeah. know there's so much you you are are so much more than basketball you are so much more than your career you're so much more than however you excelled in your education, you're so much more than your beauty or appearance or whatever. And you're so much more than your sexuality. Like yeah. that doesn't have to be the thing that defines you. And if and if that is how you define yourself, I think more often than not, it'll crush you. Um so what do you think about this? How do you you were you were baptized Almost, it's been almost a whole year, right, yeah. that you've been a follower of Jesus. That's awesome. Um, what What do you think baptism and being united with Christ has to do with our identity? Because in one sense, right, we're all created by God. We all, in that sense, are—we uh, have an identity and purpose. All, going all the way back to Genesis 1, right? Um, we're made in the image of God. There's our identity. And then he says, he gives that creation mandate you know, uh, uh, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. So we have kind of our job title, our job description, our identity, our purpose. But more so than just kind of what is kind of inherent within all humanity. How does christ give us an identity
1: yeah um since getting baptized i I just feel like it's um it's given me a purpose not just for like the short term it's given me a purpose for my entire life which is crazy to think about like i'm i'm gonna be constantly trying to pursue god my entire life which is like unbelievable to think about and like I'm not ever trying to please myself anymore. I'm trying to please God, and he's always there. He's eternal. And so, like, um, it's just a comfort to know that, like, Mm. I'm pleasing God, not pleasing myself. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Yeah. and, like, just it's been unbelievable. Like, after being baptized, like, I just didn't know it would feel like this. Like, this year alone has just felt like forever for some reason, Mm. and I feel like it's just because I know what my – my purposes I guess and I'm not just just chasing after things that are just gonna go away I guess for sure
0: a couple of weeks ago Addie Scott you yeah. know was baptized and that was such a special moment it was on a Sunday night at one of the devos and we're all gathered around the rubles pool and um, before before I baptized her we Talked about the moment when Jesus was baptized, and how he, uh, when when he was raised out of the water, the heavens were open and the Spirit descended, and the voice of God said, "You are my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased." And and even though we may not see, literally the heavens open up, and we may not see or feel the Spirit descend on us like a dove, or we may not hear verbally audibly the the voice of god say you are my beloved child that's what is happening in that moment and we're becoming un- united with christ and our identity becomes fixed not just as right so- sometimes you could you could think about ecclesiastes his conclusion fear god keep his commandments for this is man's all you could almost th- th- come away with that accidentally thinking wow so my purpose is just to follow the rules like, that's it, just do the commandment. It's like, well, well, no, there's so much more than that. Your identity is you're a beloved child, and when you live out of that identity versus every other one, your life looks completely different, and the Spirit helps you, helps, helps grow and mature you into the fullness of the measure and the stature of being a beloved child. Yeah. And over time, you start to see that more and more and more. And I love the way that uh, First First John three puts it when he talks about. He's like, "Hey, we don't know what we're gonna be yet, um, but we do know that when we do see Him, we we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is." I'm slightly misquoting that, but the idea is that like, there's gonna be a day when, uh, like, what, what you'll, I mean, what we all experience after we become a Christian are these growing pains, right? It's like, okay, I know this is my identity, but I'm not always feeling like a child of God. And sometimes I feel like I'm failing. And so, I don't know, is something off? Do I need to question my identity? You know, yeah. am I really this? Does he really? Lo- and he's like, well, listen, one day, one day you're going to, Turn around and you're going to see him face to face. And in that moment, you will be like him. And what that means for the here and now is the most, the most certain and fixed self-identity that I could have is, is, is who Christ is. Like if I'm being formed into the image of Christ and that's who I'm going to be one day for eternity— than who i am in this life 60 70 80 years or perhaps less than that then the most sure identity that i could live in in those few and fleeting decades is to embrace the image of christ that i see in scripture yeah and if i ever question my identity, who am i who am i who am i it's like well who I'm going to be for the longest one day is exactly who Jesus is in this book, and if I can live into that, if I can lean into that and embrace that, then I'll have an identity that's fixed not only for this life, but for all for all eternity.
1: For sure, yeah, and it's, um, it's amazing what you said. It's like, um, and I feel like a lot of people don't know this about Christianity who aren't Christians, but... You know, it's a, everyone matters. You yeah. know, it's not just—I already said this before, but it's just like you know, everyone belongs. Yeah. Um, for sure. But yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You're you, you're baptized into into a family. Um, you're you're not an, you're not an only child, but you belong to a whole a whole family whose uh, identity and meaning and purpose is fixed in being the children of God.
1: Definitely. So, you talked about, um, you know, 30 to 40 years or like, you know, say we're here for 60 years and you said it was kind of like fleeting. And mm-hmm. I was like, we're just thinking um, like, yeah, like I've thought about this a lot is where, you know, we have one shot and like, I don't think we realize enough how quickly it goes by because mm. like, you know, I'm 18 years old, but I feel like I'm 14. Like, <laughs> Like, yeah. I just cannot believe that I'm 18 years old. And so- one thing is just to really uh, realize that you know we have one shot mm. to get to um, to get to the kingdom of God. I'm not trying to be like depressing or anything, but like no, like we have you know we can't just let this pass. Like we can't just go after pleasurable things and just think you know we'll figure it out later on. But like yeah. you know it's it's one shot, and we got to you know fight to get this because you know. I mean, this is everything. You're so right. That's
0: so important to remember. And as we, uh, you know, have have that one shot, it's like, man, praise praise God yeah. that that in His one life, in His one shot, He did what we never could. Yeah, and He showed us the way. Absolutely. So, well, awesome. Um, well, this has been a, a really really great conversation. I'm glad we got to do this. I'm yeah. glad that we ended up finding the time and um I know I speak for everyone here at Lost River when uh I say that we love you and we wish the very best for you and not only wish the best but we're praying for for all five of you heading down to FC and for uh Emily and Sydney as they stay here in the in the area um and we're excited to see what God will do through y'all um and that's not just a, not just like a saying. I know I feel like you probably hear that a lot when when you graduate. Um, you know, God's gonna do great things, but we genuinely and sincerely believe that
1: God is doing great things through y'all. just on behalf of the seniors and everything, just like we can't thank y'all enough, and y'all have done so much for us. You know, it's just unbelievable what we were brought up in, and we couldn't have asked for a better family for sure. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, we wish you guys the best. I guess we better get you uh, back to (laughs) your house so you can pack and everything. Yes,
1: I can finally pack. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Well, thanks for getting up at six. Appreciate (laughs) it, man. For sure. Love you, man. Love you, too.